spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to Gravel Notes, your one-stop shop for everything rally with our man Tom Howard, who's been reporting all weekend on another frantic weekend of action. Cali Rovenpera and his fifth win from seven world championship rounds. It is, as Tom described it, a masterclass display. He defeated teammate, a total teammate, Elfin Evans at Rally Estonia over the weekend. The leader of the championship, yet another stunning performance uh, despite starting first on the road, changeable weather conditions, some of the onboards just <laughs> make the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end on Estonia's fast gravel roads. And fast is an understatement here to tell us all about it. What an amazing weekend of rally uh, is our man Tom Howard. Wow, that was once again a weekend that absolutely delivered for some amazing racing. Yeah, uh- an incredible rally um, again it's just it's just you find it, it's finding the words to describe Cali Rovenpera is now actually hard I'm running out of adjectives I'm running out of sub- superlatives like it's just he's just he's just unbelievable like I, I don't like people are just genuinely stunned at what he's able to do and it's the key to this is is the wet weather this is this is where he's making the most um, impact when it gets difficult and extreme He's on a different, uh, or as, as Yari Mati Latvala, the Toyota boss said, he's on another planet. And he's absolutely correct because there is no one can touch him. Nobody can absolutely touch him. The, if, you, if you need a, a, anything to sort of justify or, or the skill that Cali Robin Perry is able to produce, just go and watch the highlights from the power stage because that, for me, is probably, that will be one of the drives of the season because really? he didn't need to push. Did, had a massive lead already, but there's five bonus points up for grabs. It was absolutely ridiculously wet to the point where Esopeka Lapi actually described it as the craziest stage he's ever driven. That's how bad the conditions were. And he had the very similar conditions to Elfin Evans as they were only, you know, they were together in, in, in the road order. So um, Elfin went slightly before him. So they, but they, so the conditions weren't that different. But Kelly won the stage by 22.5 seconds over Evans, which is just unheard of. And it, it, it it's just, I just don't know what to say anymore. Like, it, it, he's just defying belief of what he's able to do in that car at the minute. And so that the car is reliable, but so is the consistency of the driver as well. It, it, nothing seems, and he has had big offs. Um, and coming through the series as well in WRC2, he had a big off a few years ago where he landed on top of a spectator's car. And so, you know, it's not like he is, uh, you know, impervious to, to, to making a mis- mis- mistake, but this season, his consistency just seems to keep delivering and delivering. Yeah, he's just, as I think we spoke about it before, I think this was in maybe Portugal where we just said he's just in this sort of flow zone where everything he is doing is just coming up gold you know it's just uh, it's just it, it, i think the the one well, of the best things to to look at and, and you have to remember that you know each driver has their different driving styles but if you compare the onboards of him uh with elf and evans 
it looks like Callie's on a Sunday drive. Like he's just so calm, so collected, and yet performing miracles and doing things that you just can't believe he's doing. Whereas Elfin is just on the ragged edge, trying to get as much out of this car to try and keep up with with Callie. Um, yeah, I, I, as I said, no one really can explain it. It's um, he's just. He's on a different level. He's just at this point where he's so confident in the car. Um, he's able to to push where people just simply can't. And and people can't say, well, it's just the machinery is better because he's beating his teammate because it was a one-two for Toyota again this weekend with Elfin Evans coming home in second. Tanak, home hero Tanak, uh, in the first of the Hyundais in third, followed home by the closest championship rival. Uh, what is he now? I made a note of it over the weekend. 80-odd points. It's 83 uh, points 83 back points. Now. Newville is 83 points behind uh, Robin Pera in the fight for the championship, but like four minutes back in the, in the second Hyundai. So it's not as if you can say, well, he's, you know, he's in superior machinery. And the Toyota is superior mm. machinery in many conditions. He's just so good. And, you know, it seems like now, let's flip things around a little bit, because on the last podcast, the second half we heard from the driver's and team managers. Let's flip it round and hear from him right now because he's got that, you know, that if I can uh, sort of use a bit of a cultural stereotype, that finish, that finish thing going on where he is brutally fast on the road. And yet when the Finns talk about their racing afterwards, it just sounds like they're so, like they're reclined, they're laid back. Um, and he is so laid back when you hear him talk. Uh, let's have a little listen here uh, to Cali Rovenpera uh, talking after another win. Nice weekend. Big fight already from the beginning with uh, with the guys opening the road. And yeah, then Elfin was was all the time there giving pressure also. So it was a, it was a nice weekend. Proper rally driving and uh, nice stages. Yeah, I think I haven't seen rains like this um, anywhere else before. Um, it seemed that every time we had a break or road section, there was sun sunshine and stuff. And then when we are on the start line, it's always raining or something. And... And yeah, quite uh, extreme conditions a few times. An impressive final stage from you today. I saw that uh, there was some rain before, um, heavy rain for the guys. Then uh, a bit less and less all the time uh, for the last cars to mm. come through. So so yeah, I knew that uh, there might be a chance for us to to have a good position to, to start the stage. And, and yeah, then I just uh, pushed for it and, and the time was good. Okay, that's some of the press conference audio that they uh, very kindly supplied to the Autosport podcast for us to uh, to use on the podcast today. Some uh, Tom, so what do you what do you make of some of the things that he talked about there uh, after his win? You're right; he's he's typically understated. He must realise that what he's doing is phenomenal, but he's just so calm with it all. It's interesting in a way. It's kind of from a journalist point of view, it's kind of a little, I suppose a little bit annoying that he doesn't get more excited about what he's doing, but. <laughs> but you have to admire it. You have to admire the fact that he's just so cool, calm, and collected. But I guess the point we need to make here is that the area where he is his having advantage is in these wet and slippery conditions. So three times Elfin and Cali have gone up against each other for a rally win. And the three times the rain has come down in Portugal, Kenya, and now here, he's just had something else that he can offer and Elfin has no answer in reply. But he did on Friday. So, is, so, But Evan started the weekend really well. He dominated mm. early part of Friday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just to, yeah, just to recap that, obviously Elfin started, started Friday. He won five stages on the bounce and a lead of 19.9 seconds over Cali. 
Now, some of that was down to a bit that was dry to begin with the, the rally. So there was a bit of cleaning for for Cali to do, being first on the road. And you have to remember, Elfin was, I believe, sixth on the road, so he had much better conditions. Um, but yes, you're right. Elfin was in the zone and was looking very much like uh, the Elfin that we saw in Finland last year when he absolutely monstered that event and, <laughs> and won it. So there was genuine like hope here that Elfin's Elfin's going to do this. There's a, there's a very strong chance. But again, the rain came down on that that last stage on Friday, and this is where Cali is so ruthless and clever. Is that he was. Because he was first on the road, he it, it just worked slightly better in his favour in terms of the conditions were bad, but they got worse for the rest of the field. And he knew that. And he he could have just backed off because it was pretty slippery. But he because he knew it was going to get worse, he decided to push. And that is where he got the 22.6 second swing over Elfin to give him the platform to win this rally. So it's just the smartness of being able to think like that. Mm. while those conditions are going on at the age of 21 which is just leaving everyone staggered because at this rate like if he carries on like this he could be a nine-time world champion by the time he's 30 <laughs> and you just when you say that out loud it just seems absolutely bonkers doesn't it yeah well this is this is the thing like sebastian Ogier won his first title age 29 cali's probably going to do this at 21 so it's just, we are living in a very, very special moment here in WRC. You are seeing something quite, quite remarkable. And I don't think it will be re- repeated again. When you watch those live shots as well over the weekend and they cut away uh, to sort of the teams, you know, you see the team bosses and everyone sitting around, you know, watching it. Even, you know, these kind of, they're probably, you know, hardcore rally mechanics and people that have been around the sport for a long time. You can even tell on their faces, right? They're just watching it a little bit open mouth and a little bit just like that is huge respect for what he's doing. Um, okay, so it's, it's his team they cut away to and obviously they're going to be overjoyed. But he was the youngest WRC winner this time last year. Um, it actually was this time last year. It was the 18th yeah. of July last year. So, um and the event was exactly the same time uh, last year. He was 20 years old and 289 days to be the youngest winner uh, of a World Rally Championship event. He'd then go on to win Acropolis after that. Um, and then this year is dominant. Now, you know, that phrase champion elect is sometimes used uh, to sort of describe someone who's got it in the bag and they're just sort of counting down until it's definitely going to happen. But you have to say, as the season goes on, we can increasingly call him champion elect, or is it, you know, is it too soon? Because you know, you, you, in racing, no, it's not too soon. People have it a big, not too soon. people have a big shunt. They they break a leg or whatever, so things can change. But oh, of course, of course, if that they, doesn't you know, happen, things can change. You know, uh, things can change. But you have to say he's got one hand on the title now, oh, and it's July. That's the that's the phenomenal phenomenal thing about this. He's got one hand on the title in July. He's got an eighty three point lead. He could he could. I think Yari Matty even said in the press comments he can throw it off the road three times and still have the lead. Yes. So, which is, you know, which is a luxury, <laughs> a super luxury to have, but he's not going to want to do that. And that's the, that is the beauty of Cali Rampere is that he just doesn't want to stop. Like, he just, he's so ruthless. He's just, he doesn't need to win these stages. He doesn't need to win 14 stages. doesn't need to get the power stage points, but he just, he just wants to. Like, he just wants to go out there and just show what he can do of course there's going to be a, there is going to come a moment and obviously we, we don't you know touch where we don't want it to be a drama but surely at some point there's going to be a drama like this cannot carry on for a whole season surely there will be at some point 
where he comes he comes undone because you have to remember he hasn't actually retired from a rally since last year which was Finland actually last right. year so he's gone on a run he's had a 12 month period where he's won seven rallies from 13 um and i believe uh, his worst finish is ninth in that period and he's only been off the podium four times so it's it's a, it's a remarkable record whichever way you look at it and and it just goes to show that it's the very definition of that classic case of oh once a, once they've got that first win and the monkey off their back you know the floodgates were open well this is the very definition of that <laughs> you are seeing that now and uh yeah it's he's just uh as i said i, I don't people just don't know what to say anymore about him it's 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 very hard to sort of do him justice. Let's talk a little bit about the effect that it's having on the, the his competitors as well, who are all strong, mentally strong competitors. Uh, Elfin Evans was second in the second Toyota. Uh, let's have a listen to him now talking afterwards. You know, obviously not happy about coming home second because all racers want to finish first, and that's uh, what he begins by talking about here. I don't think you'd be ever fully happy, you know, when you when you finish second. Um, sort of a tale of two halves in a way. Happy happy to be at least on the podium again, but disappointed to to not be a bit more competitive. It, it was tricky out there in in certain sections of the weekend. He's got a scary points advantage now in terms of the championship title. What is your thought? Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh, it was already a pretty long reach, and it just got longer, you know. So, uh, of course, uh, like I mentioned already, it doesn't change the the approach. We're still there to to go to every rally and do the best for ourselves, and of course, the team as well. So, uh, it doesn't it doesn't change so much. So there we go. You know, he found he found some positives in coming home second. He's closed the gap. He's third in the championship now behind Newville. Elfin Evans on 79 points, Newville 92, and, and Robin Pair 175 uh, points in the championship. But from your experience, because you've been going, you, you know, you've been traveling around the world this year and you're there in the service parks and you're talking to everyone, What what is this domination doing to his competitors? Are they getting their heads down almost or is there still some optimism there what's your opinion on 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 how he's beating down his opposition i think when you know elfin is 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 offering him praise for the way he's driving sort of says it all really because um you just have to take, i think as as a competitor you just have to take your hat off when you see quality like that there's no there's no other way to deal with it i think you have to just sort of put this in that sort of mental mindset of like we are seeing something quite extraordinary here. So, like, I think, but you're right. This could this could completely destroy anyone's confidence. But yeah, I think everyone's sort of just kind of, I guess, like I think Elfin said there, like it's just made a a long shot even longer for him in the title race, which is just, I guess, the only way you can look at it. I mean, it's they're in admiration. I think mm. the other thing to to bear in mind is that the Toyota is the best car at the moment. So, if we're sort of looking towards his other rivals from outside of Toyota, you know, the the Tanax, the Neuvilles of this world, Hyundai, you know, they know that they're in a way fighting with one hand behind their backs because their car is not on the same level as a Toyota. You know, they've got their own battles going on as we've as we've documented uh, numerous times. You know, it was a late development call on the car. There's been no development on it really. You know, they're, they're, they're behind the eight ball. Um, so they're, you know, for, for Hyundai to win a rally, that is a really extraordinary achievement at the moment because of where that car is. So what Tanak did in Sardinia should 
should be remembered as quite an extraordinary achievement, really, uh, to win that round. But yeah, and I guess with M Sport as well, they their car's strong, but they're lacking experience in their driver lineup. So when obviously when Loeb is not there, they're relying heavily on on Craig, and and when Craig Breen is is sort of struggling a little bit, you know, he's got pace, but he's he's only been able to deliver a couple of podiums so far, and and the other drivers are are relatively young, so it's. Yeah, I can I can see how they would be looking at that and thinking, I'm not quite sure how you, how you beat Cali at the moment. Uh, having a look at, as we head further down, we'll hear from Oitanak now, like I say, uh, previous winner, the most successful uh, driver of Rally Estonia in the past, and hear what he had to say afterwards. And um, let's actually, let's hear a clip of him talking about uh, his future, because it was put to him about some of the things that are going around the service park, particularly amongst members of the media that are hearing things about a certain commitment to the sport from his team Hyundai. This is what he had to say about that. I mean, uh, Hyundai is definitely going to continue. There is uh, great support from Korea and uh, and uh, for sure everybody uh, wanted a lot, but uh, it just uh, needs some uh, very, uh, let's say, straightforward uh, changes in, uh, in a general structure. But uh, but uh, we are working on it and, and you know, uh, this year definitely looks a bit difficult, but in the long term uh, it's it's important for the sport as well that uh, we come back. So yeah, pretty comprehensive denial there. And uh, what have you heard and what's your take? Because we we think that Hyundai are here for the, the long term. What's your reading of them being in the sport? You can you can fully understand why speculation like this is is going around. And, and often there's no smoke without fire with these things. So um, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like if you're a big car manufacturer and, and you're, you're not going so well in a sport and there's a sort of global cost crisis going on and it's difficult to sell cars and, and build new cars at the moment you can understand why any manufacturer might consider walking away from from a motorsport activity because at the end of the day this is a sort of luxury item it's a, yes it is a marketing tool but it is a sort of luxury item so just to put that into sort of context you can understand why such rumours would, would go around. And certainly after Monte Carlo, after that sort of horror show that they had there, you could, there were sort of some rumours even kicking around after that. Uh, and, you know, when you look at the situation that they've been dealt, you know, obviously a team, their long time, time teamed principal and Andrea Adamo left in the winter. So there was certainly some upheaval in the camp. And we've obviously reported that there's been some complications internally with the team structure with the sort of lack of leadership at the moment and parts supply crisis so you know this they've had to deal with a lot and to be fair there's it's been a tough ask for them you know you you could you have you have some sympathy for them because you know they've been dealt a pretty raw hand here so um the interesting thing for for me i think is that just a couple of weeks ago they announced a three-year extension the WRC Hyundai team announced the three three year extension with Shell, their their title sponsor. So, if you were going to pull out of a sport, why would you do that? Uh, I'm not totally sure. I mean, obviously things, these things can be undone, but that seems like a sort of bizarre move if you weren't committed to the sport. So, um, obviously, we don't want them to see them go because it's it'd be hugely uh, detrimental to to the WRC. You know, we need we need Hyundai there, uh, but we also need them there as a competitive force. So um, 
look, let's, let's not forget, they won two manufacturer's titles on the bounce. They they know how to build a car and deliver a strong, you know, a strong weapon for, for Itanak and Thierry Neville. So it's just been the circumstances, I think, that's left them in this situation. They can turn this around, but this is not going to be a, a job that you can turn around overnight. It's going to going to take it as, as Oit Tanak said on the rally there are fundamental problems with the development of this car and that can only have happened because of the rushed process that they had to do to get it ready for Monte Carlo so um, you know they're trying their best to get this right they've got a they've moved to a test base in Finland on gravel this year which is new so they've they've got access to the facilities to develop this car because in the past they've only had a tarmac facility at their play at their base in Germany so um, they are obviously trying to make steps uh, but it's a difficult one and I guess Oitanik's words were interesting there because that's the first time publicly anything has been said about this and he shot it down pretty hard and for someone who would be hugely frustrated with the scenario that's going on it would be easy for him to say yep I'm moving on I'm going somewhere else or you know this is all coming down so I think that was encouraging statement from Oit there and let's just hope that uh, they can turn it around because we do we do need Hyundai back up there absolutely we did see a, a small 10 second time penalty for him over the weekend what was that for yeah so that's again it's just classic classic Hyundai season really isn't it you know you the, the first time that they had no reliability issues they get penalized for not running in an uh, electric mode in an electric only zone which is just such a a silly when you think about it it's such a silly thing to get penalized for because it's just you know you know it's uh you know you've got to do it it's in the road book like you know just just put it in electric mode but yeah. you know people make mistakes don't they so um you, no one's perfect what was perhaps interesting with this one is that earlier this year those those uh situations have been going on but uh, so for for the most part, they've been given um, drivers have been given reprimands rather than time penalties. So I asked why uh, this was a time penalty, and it was put to me that it, this was because it was genuinely the fault uh, of the driver and co-driver in this situation. Whereas in previous times, like it, had, you know, like they they'd they'd forgotten when they were driving off start ramps and stuff like that, which was sort of seen as a sort of like, well, you know we'll turn a blind eye to it. But when you're in a rally, um, and this was actually on the Thursday night, then it was sort of seen as, well, you should know better. You you didn't have a problem with the system. Like, you should have just put it in this in, in electric mm. mode. So I can yeah. kind of understand it. But uh, yeah, so that was the, that was how that happened. And in the second Hyundai, Thierry Neuville, and we watched some of the onboards, like you say, just not attacking the road in the way that... Uh, Cali is is attacking it. Is there a lack of confidence there or not? What do you think? Yeah, that, that's he's just not able to. Like, it, it's not because he's not trying. He he just doesn't have the ability to have the confidence that the car will stick. And you have to remember that these guys are doing quite frankly mad things in the cars. Like, you are relying. You have you know your life is being is in the hands of the co-driver and and that your commit uh, that your car will stick in these in these corners and. Um, yeah, they've just that is one of the fundamental problems with with the Hyundai is that in the real fast stuff, and this is the first time we got to see it. Cause this is really the first fast gravel rally that we've seen. Uh, it's got it has got very little grip uh, and stability in the rear, so the car will just step out 
um, and all three drivers were fighting this the entire weekend. Um, so, yeah, as a result, Hyundai are now going to look at this because uh, they've admitted that there is a fundamental problem with this car. So um, they have plenty of what they call jokers, which is these... Um, what they well, basically what you can do is you can play uh, like a sort of development token, I suppose is how you describe it, but like they used to have in Formula One. Each team gets a certain amount of these that they can play during the year where they can change something that is uh, homologated on the car. So um, this is what they'll do now. They'll go in, have a look. But again, this is not something that can be changed overnight. This will take some time to to work out. So they've got plenty of these jokers and development tokens up their sleeve because they haven't actually used um, any on the chassis yet. So they've got uh, plenty to use. But again, it's just it's just time and working out how they fix this. So um, yeah, so the reason for Thierry's lack of pace is he's simply just didn't have the confidence he also isn't a fan of this rally he's not really known for his fast gravel rally uh pace he's you know very much on the you he get you get the best out of Thierry on tarmac and in those more trickier gravel events so it wasn't going to be his favorite to begin with but yes yeah, certainly the car sort of compounded his woes Two more questions for you. Uh, we'll talk about the next two uh, Toyotas of Katsuta and Lappi. They came home fifth and sixth, respectively, and then we'll finish off talking about uh, M Sport just to finish off the podcast today. A good result for Katsuta in fifth, but uh, started the weekend with shakedown at least. Looked like he ran a little wide in some soft gravel, managed to roll it in the bushes. What happened there? Yeah, of course. Um yeah, he's, when you think about, like, as I said, like thinking about that now, it feels like a lifetime ago. That <laughs> yeah, I know. Hence but, Monday uh, morning after a, a, you know, a busy weekend. It's like, when was yeah, that? Was oh. Like, oh, was that, was that this rally? Uh, yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, it just got caught out in the wet there. Like, Shakedown was held in the wet. And you have to remember that the, the weather was particularly tough for these guys on the weekend because it was just this classic case of, it would just be sudden cloud bursts and then it would be bright sunshine and it would just keep doing this throughout the rally. So it made, I, I couldn't imagine how tough that would have been for the drivers and co-drivers because like, how do you, like, you just don't know what sort of weather you're going to get, what sort of grip you're going to have. Like you're just going into things blind most of the time. It's just, just crazy. Just, just, you're just sitting there watching this in awe really. Like, I don't know how they do it, but yeah, so Katsuta just ran wide, rolled a couple of times. And to be fair to him, very lucky because he landed on his on his wheels. And I'll be honest with you, there wasn't there wasn't a great deal of damage from the from the outside. It looked like he'd really escaped one there. And uh yeah, it didn't it didn't worry him at all. The the team repaired it and he was back underway that evening for the first stage. So yeah, but he drove he drove really well, very smartly throughout actually. Um, you know, after doing something like that, you could you could be, you know, your confidence could be uh, quite dented, but he was, he was very clever. And uh, yeah, he, that, in fact, he was quite funny. He's a very likable character. And, and this was his uh, fifth attempt at Rally Estonia and the first time he'd actually reached the finish. So he was pretty, pretty happy to get there because it's not been one of his uh, happy hunting grounds. And let's just finish off talking about M Sport, a challenging rally for uh, the Ford cars. Adrian Formo emerging as their only driver in the points, coming home seventh. Looks like he's finding his feet a little bit again this season, but otherwise uh, it was a difficult, difficult weekend for M Sport. Just uh, sum up uh, what happened there for our listeners. Yeah, of course, uh, you know, it's again another difficult one for them. Um, they ha- They obviously came in with some very 
high hopes, uh, certainly attached to Craig Breen because he's finished this event uh, second in the previous two uh, seasons. So this is one of the ones he really goes well at. And he was right in the mix uh, from the start, won the first stage, was in contention early on Friday morning, but he just made a, an error, uh, misjudged uh, the braking going into a left-hander, ran wide into the grass, which seemed innocuous uh, at the time, but little did he know that the, in the grass was buried quite a significant concrete uh, post, which he hit, and that broke the steering, and that was game over. He did return on Saturday and uh, got through to Sunday, but you know that was that was any hopes of any points gone out the window, and and that less sort of left the pressure on the rest of the M Sport guys. Um, Pierre Louis Lube was going very well uh, until the chaos of the rain ensued on on Friday night stage, where three people got caught out in the same corner, but he was the worst. Uh, he sort of went over this jump here, which he said was uh, you know like driving on ice. Went straight to a bank, rolled on his side. Uh, luckily, the fans uh, sort of came to to push him back onto his wheels, but he lost two minutes there, and that's you know that was that was sort of put the end to that. And then he actually retired on Sunday with a sort of clumsy error where he just hit a rock with the front wheel, and that damaged the suspension, and that was that was retirement. And for Gus Greensmith, he um, knocked a tire off the rim, which cost him time after landing on from a jump awkwardly. And uh, yeah, again, it sort of just it just sort of seemed to fall away from them. Formo was just he needed a round like this. Oh, he did he ever <laughs> to make to make yeah, up for earlier this, this year? Uh, but he was just solid, solid throughout. Barely made a mistake, and this was what he needed. Didn't didn't push like he could have pushed uh, and really threw it off the road here because it was easy to do that, as we saw. Um, but yeah, very very smart drive from him, and I think he really will benefit from that uh, because, yeah, he needed the result. So, um, yeah, as I said, we should probably just one sort of, just to cap a, a couple mm. of wild things that, that happen because, you know, rally does tend to throw up some bizarre uh, situations. But, yeah, so Oliver Solberg had probably the save of the season um, where he was... <laughs> Uh, he was brilliant on, on Saturday afternoon and very, very close to getting a, a stage win. In fact, Formo pipped him by 0.1 seconds, which is so uh, so hard for him because <laughs> he's yet to win a stage. It would have been great for him to, to get one on the board. But yeah, he flicked over this jump sideways and was was just heading direct for a tree. Like It looked like it was going to be uh, a one-way ticket to Shuntown. And uh, he somehow, I don't know how he did this, but he wrestled this back. Um, and got it uh, on the road. We we actually posted the clip on social media, and if you get a chance to look at it, it please do because it really is quite phenomenal. Phenomenal how he did that. Don't know how he did it, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was impressive. And uh, co-driver uh, for Oitanak Martin Yavioya was uh, perhaps one of the, the quickest of thinking of people on uh, Friday night when the heating pipe of all things inside the cockpit of Tanak's car. Uh, just just disconnected and uh, misted up his screen so Oit couldn't see where he was going. He fired off the road, uh, but quick, the quick thinking of Martin, he, he managed to prop the pipe up with his foot, his left foot, while still calling the notes. Um, yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible. I don't know, I've never seen anything like that before. But uh, the quick thinking and, uh, you know, the now to be able to do that as well as call the notes at, you know, 100 k's an hour, 
that, that I'll take my hat off to him. Brilliant. Which is a wonderful segue into Rally Finland, where we head next, where you head next, because yes. well, well, because that could be you propping something up with your foot while calling the note. Oh, I just really <laughs> hope not. <laughs> As we get ever closer, you're getting nervous yet about your, yeah, your, your yeah, debut yeah, in, the, in the car? Absolutely, and certainly... Yeah, when when uh, Takamoto rolled on the shakedown, I, I was a little bit, a uh, little bit concerned, shall we say? Um, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yeah. No, of course it'll be fine. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think I'll be um, doing any of those antics. I think I'll be barely able to to uh, call the notes, let alone they'll be able to think about uh, propping up a pipe with my foot. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's going to be a bit. Uh, a bit interesting. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we've got to have to do a fair bit of practice over the what? next few uh, days. What are uh, you doing to practice? Uh, well, I'll just to be honest with you. I'm watching. Uh, I've got access to all of uh, Takamoto's onboards, so I'm, I'm literally just watching and listening how his co-driver Aaron Johnston does the notes and what system he uses, and just trying to get a feel for like how he how he does it, and then. Uh, kindly enough, on the WRC 10 uh, PlayStation 5 game, there is a co-driver mode which you can use uh, to team up with someone online and you can call, call notes for them. So I'm doing that at the moment, trying to uh, sort of do do it that way just to sort of get a, a feel for it. But I'm not quite sure how well that's going to help, but... Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll do the best we can. I can't promise that it's gonna it's gonna go well, but uh, it'll be a good experience nonetheless. We cannot wait to see it, to hear about it, to read what you write about your very first experience in the car. It's gonna be uh, gonna be awesome, right? Thank you very very much for joining us uh, once again on the podcast. Uh, make sure you are following us in all the usual places on uh, on Twitter. We are at Autosports. You can follow our coverage on Motorsport.com and Autosport.com as well uh, of everything that happens between now and Rally Finland on the 7th of August. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.